Nerd News Now. Hello, welcome to Nerd News Now. Uh, I am Mark, your host. We got Miss Jen, Brainy, and Kyle. Uh, thanks, guys, for being with me the Monday after the Oscars. Who tuned in? Who watched the Oscars? <laughs> uh, I got a note from Kyle. Brainy, did you watch it? <laughs> no. I watched I, I watched my friend who went to the Oscars, his pictures. <laughs> what, who was that? Oh, my gosh. I have to go back and look at my feed. It was someone that I don't know well. That oh, okay. I follow in the industry that had pictures of him in his tuxedo and him on the whatever. But it was really cool to kind of see that. But I have no idea <laughs> what went on. Okay. Well, I did watch the Independent Spirit Awards, which is like... Indie films Oscars. Right. Now, they, they probably had some crossovers, though, right? Yeah, I mean, like, if I'm looking at, uh, let's see, uh, Best Picture was a crossover. Um, best Actress was a crossover. Uh, best Supporting Actress was a cross. It was the same. Uh, best Director was the same. You know, a lot of these are the same. So you're saying that the Indies were winning this year? Well, the thing about it is, is that any more indie films are the films that the big stars go so that they can win an Oscar. Yeah. You know, it's not every actor is Frances McDormand who's only doing indie movies these days because she can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of these guys are going to do these indie movies because they're the art house. They're the things that get noticed for Oscar nominations. So. They're no dummies. Well, and, and typically not to say that they have better scripts with independence, but I would say that like, there's more of a chance to, to make a film rather than have a film made. Right. Mm -hmm. Skybound Games has a great game um, about this, actually. Um, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's kind of like Super Fight, where it's you draw cards and you kind of build a character. But in this, it's you draw cards and kind of build a movie. But then your friends play the studio, and from the cards in their hand, they have to like ask you to do things like studios ask people to put in movies like so you're, you have a romantic comedy with Jake Gyllenhaal and, you know, Reese Witherspoon. Great. And you, you're pitching your movie based on the cards in your hand, and then they'll play a card. Can you add a ninja to it? Yeah. <laughs> Ninjas are hot right now. Can you add ninjas to it? How about a kaiju? Do you think you could fit Godzilla into this movie somehow? Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, that's the kind of stuff that happens at these big studios, but independent movies just get made. Right. Um, you know, and I honestly, there was a lot of, you know, backlash today about, you know, who, people who won things. And I didn't see The Father, but I did see Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and I don't think Chadwick Boseman was even the best actor in that category from an independent film. I don't think he was the best actor in that movie. Um, the guy who won for supporting cast, um, uh, 
the well, the guy who was uh, nominated for supporting cast in Are you uh, for the Oscars, Daniel Kaluuya, for no, um, at the Independent for Spirit Awards. Oh, okay. Because Marini's Black Bottom won a bunch of awards there. Yeah, but the the guy who won Best Supporting Actor was the other kind of co lead in that movie. Uh, that wasn't Viola Davis. Um, I think he was better in that movie. You know, so um, I think the thing people forget about the Oscars is that it's fundraising, right? Mm-hmm. This is the way these studios use to get people to give them monies to make more movies. It's not really about who's best or what's best. It's just about, you know, marketing. And Nomad Land was definitely, uh, if not the best movie of the year, the top two, I think. And Sound of Metal was up there, too. Um, so. I tend to look at it as a sort of a checklist for films that people should see, for the most part. I mean, there's always some on there where they get like 10 or 12 nominations and you're like, why? But I, I would say like Sound of Metal is a great example of that. You have like Riz Ahmed nominated for Best Actor um, and then Minari, I think, is another example of that. In years past, you would have never heard of Minari uh, and probably would not have heard of Sound of Metal, like maybe five years ago. So, Well, what's wild is, and I just set my phone down and I don't know where it went, Um because that's where I had my notes about the movies. But there were a number of movies nominated for Best Picture at this year's Oscars that were made for less than half a million dollars. Yeah. Like, that's... There was a time where that wasn't even thought of. You know, you got James Cameron spending a bajillion dollars on his movies, and he can't get a he can't get a sniff. But Nomadland costs like one hundred twenty five thousand bucks. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think I think that's part of it though, because if a movie's affordable to make, you can just go make it, and you don't have to worry about Hollywood or the studios interfering. So. It's sort of like an indie comic. You can just print it, just print, <laughs> print like a small print run, you know, mm-hmm. and scrape it together and then see what happens. So it's sort of, sort of like that from that aspect. If it's more difficult to write on a limited basis, but you can also focus on character development, and character development is typically what pushes these movies to this point and award season and through award season. So, I mean, that formula kind of adds up. And also, equipment doesn't cost what it used to. And a lot of people don't shoot on film anymore. So, I mean, yep. that the costs are just... Go ahead. Yep. No, you... I know, I know tons of movies that are getting made <laughs> being shot on an iPhone. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can shoot 4K on my iPhone, like... Why Why would I go out and buy a 4K camera? You know, it doesn't make any sense to do that anymore. So you still need more functionality than just that. But I do agree with you. You know, um, you can do a lot of stuff with your phones. You do need 
the apps and stuff that are available now, I mean, there's there are apps that'll let you do, um, you know, that you couldn't do on earlier generations iPhones. Um, Filmin does a great job. Mm-hmm. So, I will say there was one thing I was hoping would win something, and it didn't. And that's fine, I guess. Um, but I was really hoping that the Trial of Chicago 7 would win something because it was Aaron Sorkin's directorial debut. I knew you were going to say that because of Aaron Sorkin. Um, you know, it was one thing that people had a lot of complaints about, and there were many complaints, but also I think complaints are louder now with Twitter, right? Because they said something like the initial ratings were down like 57%. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with people just didn't keep up with movies this last year or last year and a half. That is a lot a lot to do with it. Um, second, they might have uh, maybe tuned in for a second and been like, well, this, this isn't normal because it was a small room with, you know, just the Hollywood elite basically in there. Um, and And third, they just might have had other stuff to do rather than than watch the Oscars. It's typically uh, there's a lot more build up and kind of like streamlined build up to it usually. But one one of the several com- big complaints was they didn't show a lot of clips, but they did show at the end they showed a clip of Sasha Baron Cohen as his character from Trial in the Seven, and uh, what a difference from. Not just Borat, obviously, but other stuff that he's done. So um, that movie looks intriguing to me, as most of the films do. So this will be the year. I usually try to just put everything to the side and watch all the movies before the awards. Now I'm just going to start with the checklist of the winners and, and kind of go from there to try to catch up. Um, so. I would say add to your list and maybe jump it to the top because um, I don't know how long it'll be free on Prime. Uh, one night in Miami. Okay. I don't know that it won any Oscars. It won some Independent Spirit Awards. Um, but it is a phenomenal movie, and uh, the guy who plays um, uh, Jim Brown. Uh, who I first saw on Leverage, but he was on a bunch of other stuff too, is really good in it. And it's Regina Regina King's directorial debut. And it's really cool. Um, uh, 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 and the writer... Aaron Burr Hamilton. Um, first too. Go ahead. Who play, the guy who played Burr and Hamilton? Um, I can't think of his name. Um, Brain, you'll get it. Plays Sam Cooke. Um, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Oh, yes. He was nominated for... Mm-hmm. I believe that movie did get uh, shut out. Now, in that in that category, it was Daniel Kaluuya 
uh, for Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, and that's another one where it's like I was going to watch that right away, and I just didn't. I just haven't slowed down to watch a movie in a while. So I got a lot of catching up to do with that. Um, and then, you know, they they another thing was they didn't have best film last. They had it like third to last. And I think their intention was... You know, if Chadwick Boseman wins, we have to end the show on this. You know, so they kind of flip-flop those categories. So for the final, like, you know, pre-credit roll, they're like, and the winner is Anthony Hopkins. Uh, he can't accept it, uh, but we accept it on his behalf. Good night, everybody. And so it's kind of like, kind of like that. Now, he did, they had a rule, which I found out about later, that no one could Skype in with their acceptance speech. So he did provide a video this morning and did pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman, um, you know, while accepting for best, the Oscar for best actor for the father. So, um, there was just a lot like that happened. There was no clips. The, uh, in memoriam was kind of fast and choppy. Um, they, no musical performances. So it just wasn't what it normally is, but, I mean, I guess why not experiment with what is not normal in a year like this? And then maybe maybe next year they'll go back to the tried and true formula. But I mean, I think you're right. I think people didn't pay attention to movies last year. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that Amazon Prime had most of those movies on, you know, on there for free, you know, for a limited time or for like a dollar to rent, I wouldn't have seen any of them. Um, you know, it was, you know, it was a weird year. And I used to be that guy who would find the art house screening of these movies. You know, oh, it's airing at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday. Well, I'm going to see a movie. Yeah. Um, and last year, I'm like, hmm. Eh. I think you know, we've all gotten into the mentality of let's just binge watch. We don't have to watch anything live anymore. Um that that I'm sure that has a lot to do with the ratings going on to down fifty seven percent. That's a that's a huge drop. But a lot of us are like, hey, we'll get the highlights on the internet and we'll know exactly what happened and it's just, you know, gone uh, with our day to day. Not that we're gonna talk about it, but there was a big wrestling pay per view that they were up against last night. And uh you know, uh there was some other stuff happening last night, you know. Um the Sunday night baseball game was a really good matchup. We wound up going eleven innings. Um, you know, there was, there was just stuff like that people, other alternatives for people. Mm-hmm. And I think if this year has taught us anything, it's that people are transitioning to the alternatives, you know, they're not watching, you know, it's not like we just have the three channels and if the president's on your night's ruined anymore, like it was in the old days, it's, you know, you've got tons of people looking for content and there's tons of content out there. And, so and it's not, it's not limited to just television. Talk about a bunch of movies I've not seen. Mm-hmm. When I go watch, you know, reruns of The Big Bang Theory. You know, I mean, my family last night watched reruns of Longmire. Like, my parents are obsessed with it, and now I'm hooked on it. <laughs> like, but that was as enjoyable of an evening as it would have been if I had watched the Oscars. I mean, you also have the option of watching a cat climb a curtain 
for a half hour on YouTube if you really want to, as opposed to, you know, so the, it, the categories have expanded on how we, how we entertain ourselves. It's not just limited to television and movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, not in the traditional sense, at least. I will say this. The Independent Spirit Awards this year added three new categories uh, or four new categories. I forget exactly how many um, for independent television. Which is a thing that didn't exist two years ago. But it shows like I May Destroy You and things like that that are on HBO Max or they're on a streaming service that are made for, you know, guerrilla style for no money. Um, They're getting recognized by an award show now. Um, And those things may not have gotten recognized in the past because they wouldn't have had a platform. So what you're saying is Nerd News Now could be in a category next year. <laughs> um, we would need someone to significantly up the budget. <laughs> hey, I like our budget. Hey, okay, you know what? Tell you what, I'll double our budget. How's that? <laughs> well, I mean, we'd have, to get, we'd have to get at least enough in the budget to get Marks Felix the co- uh, cat clock back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, maybe provide me with a hat to wear so people don't have to look at the sheen coming off my skull, you know, um, those kind of things. Mark, I'll give you the two dollars for the battery for the Felix. <laughs> All the right, it's back. <laughs> yeah, I'll br- I can bring it back. It's no problem. I just, uh, I, it was making you guys uncomfortable because it was like time wasn't passing, which might be the feeling that a lot of people have watching this right now. But yeah, time is an irrelevant construct. <laughs> time is irrelevant construct. Um. The, the other thing is now that, um, and I know the numbers aren't as high as we would probably like, but now that more and more people have been vaccinated and it's like, woo, go do stuff with your families and friends, uh, we're going to be a, a lot less likely over the next year, I think, to want to sit inside and watch something for four hours. So. I disagree. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just that the idea of going to the movies with my friends is one of the things that I'm most looking forward to. I don't know that I'll rush back to movies. You know, it's a buddy of mine posted some of the numbers from California and he's like, so what's what's everybody's feeling about people going to the movies, you know, and that kind of thing. And I don't think I'll rush back to it. But the idea. Mm-hmm. Or get my buddies together and going out and having dinner and going to see a new Marvel movie, even though I know I'll hate it, it is like super exciting to me. Oh no, I yeah, I, I was talking more about watching something on TV, you know, in your in your den for a year, uh, especially here in Texas. It was probably not dark until like eight forty or something like that. So. Yeah, people are going to be outside. But, uh, oh, no, I totally agree with you. I think I think a lot of people agree um, on the movie thing, Kyle, because <coughs> box office, moving on from the o- Oscars, transitioning to box office. Well, uh, I had one thought on money. that. Oh, go ahead. Who hosted? There was not a host. It was introduced by Regina King. And then past that, it, there wasn't really a host. See, I think that's the thing, is that you need good hosting on these award shows. 
Well, that was one of like the main five complaints. Was right. It's it's why Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are so good on the Emmys. Yeah. Uh, the Independent Spirits Awards had uh, Melissa Villasenor from SNL, and it didn't have a host because it was just her coming out doing different impressions of different celebrities. <laughs> so at one point, it's Owen Wilson, you know, introducing, you know, uh, Frances McDormand as best actress, you know, like, and it's it's all the one it's all Melissa Villasenor just doing. Um, you know, uh, impressions. It was good. It was very funny. She does a uh, 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 um, a Kristen Wiig impression that you'd think was Kristen Wiig if you watched. And I think that's the key is having good hosting. We need to get back to the days where Billy Crystal would come out and do a musical number and then win for City Slickers. <laughs> I think those yeah. are gone. By the way, I'm far too young to actually get that reference. <laughs> Watch City Slickers. The reference that you made? Yes. Or... Okay. I get it, but I shouldn't. I think my favorite thing ever that ever happened in an awards show is the MTV Movie Awards when uh, Justin Timberlake and... I'm not going to be able to come up with the other fellow's name. Did the Matrix 2, like, show right in the middle? Oh, my gosh. Look it up. It's so good. It wasn't when Howard Stern came on and showed everyone his butt? No. Mm-mm. Wow. Like, you, you had to bring that one up, huh? <laughs> so a reference that I'm too young to actually make. What, Howard Stern? Yeah, probably. That was Fartman, right? Yep. But what were your thoughts on City Slickers 2, Legend of Curly's Gold? There was a second one of those movies? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have cable. I know what City Slickers 2 is. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be on TNT every day. Oh, my. Any other uh, any other thoughts to wrap up the Oscars? No, that was just that was my last thing. Is I think hosting matters. Um, yeah. it's why Patrick Harris is so good at the Tonys. You know. Oh sure. Those kind of things. Yeah, I think uh, I think they gotta get back to that. I think they had a few, you know, false starts with like they were naming hosts and then. People were like, you can't have them host because this happened, you know, in the past or whatever. And trying to find just the right person to kind of bring the room together. And I think they just need to go for it. I mean, whatever they need to do, they need to have like a, you know, a a national poll or or what. But, you know, they can they can figure out some some hosts that everyone can agree on, I think, or most people. I have the solution. Ryan Reynolds started it. Uh, the host for everything, LeVar Burton. Yeah. You know, Who's Ryan it? Reynolds hired him to be the spokesperson for the bourbon or for the bullet uh, gin company. Yeah. Or aviation gin or whatever it's called. You know, he wants to be the host of Jeopardy. And so Ryan Reynolds starting to hear LeVar Burton for everything. And he is getting his shot on Jeopardy, finally. He was... Uh, named one of the final guest guest hosts. So, so my question: I signed that petition. 
My question was, did LeVar want to do Jeopardy? Yeah. <laughs> forced into that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Okay. I mean, he... No, he, he was campfire really hard for it. Yeah. He didn't start the petition, but I think, you know, there's if you went back, there's probably a tweet like, I'm not going to start my own petition, but I might mm-hmm. sign it. <laughs> like, so... But regardless, uh, he needs to do it. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. We'll see about that. But uh, as far as people getting back to the movies, uh, they did this weekend. And uh, a movie that that a lot of people have never heard of or an entity that a lot of people have never heard of uh, was second. Uh, not to skip over Mortal Kombat. We'll get back to that in a second. But... Uh, does anyone know what the second highest grossing movie in America was this weekend? Was it people sleeping through Mortal Kombat? No, that was the first. That was, that was the first highest grossing. What was number two? I don't know what else there was this weekend. It was Demon Slayer the movie. Now this movie uh, has okay. already become... The highest grossing movie ever in Japan. So it comes over here week one during a pandemic. Like I said, most people have never heard of it. It makes 19.5 million, which already pushes up the worldwide total past four, 400 million. Extra impressive considering one, it's an anime, and two, it's rated R. Mm-hmm. Okay. I so saw some kids. You're going to hear about this movie probably for the next five weeks or so. Because I, I think this is the beginning of people knowing what it is. Go, oh, go ahead. What? There were some kids at the movie theater on uh, when we went to go see Mortal Kombat. That, uh-huh. uh, they were just kind of like hanging outside the doors. And you could tell they were like trying to egg each other on to stuff. There was like a group of four boys and four girls. Then the boys came in and kind of like muddled around in the lobby for a little while. And then they went over to the kiosk and doodle-doots on it for a little while. And then they kind of like avoided being anywhere near the ticket counter and went over to go and like try to go into the movie theater and the guy that was taking the tickets was like yeah good try <laughs> they're trying to sneak in there yeah. um the impressive thing about it, it it was in half the screens as mortal kombat and almost made the same money so it, it averaged twelve thousand a screen um took in 19.5 now mortal kombat brought in 22.5 million even though it's on HBO Max, and even though it's not getting good reviews, I don't think there's one good review of this. Uh, the, they always say, oh, it's getting mixed reviews. I, is anyone giving it a good review? It was awesome. Shut for the real? Fuck. Wait, so for just real? Jen. So, <laughs> just, so, you, so you're the reason it's mixed reviews, because there was yeah. one good review. Okay. What is, so, so give me five things to like about it. Um, brutal deaths. <laughs> the finishing <laughs> move for all there. <laughs> I don't know. I just I thought it was exactly what I signed up for. I signed up for a movie that was based on a video game that's no longer relevant, and people moved on from a forever. I'm still relevant. Yeah, we still play the game. Yeah. You can get Rambo in Mortal Kombat, so it's still relevant. Yep. <laughs> from a, from a pop, yeah, I'm sure they still like have a cabinet 11. pizza hut somewhere. 
But seriously, yeah. who, go, who goes to go watch Mortal Kombat for a story? I mean, you're going there to watch action. That, that's that's what you go for. And from what I hear, I haven't watched it yet. But but is it I good? I put it on HBO. Yeah. And I wasn't even that impressed with the action. The finishing moves were great. The rest of it was a little. Hmm. You know, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't find the rest of the action to be that good. Can anyone think of a just off the top of your head? Can anyone think of a better action movie in the last let, let's go fifteen years than the Raid Two Redemption? The, the Raid Two. Never saw it. Never no. saw Raid Two. You, so. What? 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 <laughs> I've never seen the Raid Two. Nope. <laughs> we lost Mark now. He quits. Sorry, guys. Oh. Do yourself a favor. Check out the raid and the raid two, and and then try to find a better action movie. Okay. Uh, Avengers. Seriously, it's and and then and then uh, if you want, I don't know. I, I just like and I was watching uh, back in like two thousand five. I was watching stuff like Ong Bak, where Tony Jaws like doing kicks off elephants and stuff. So it takes a lot. Like you can't just say, "Oh, Mortal Kombat's there for the action," because the first Mortal Kombat did not look good. And watching the trailer for for this new one, it looked like the first. It looked like there was no advancements in either acting or effects. <laughs> but I I'll, I'll hit play tonight and just watch it in the background and see if I'm wrong. Yeah, I got I got to watch it as well. I just don't, you know. I gotta watch the other TV show first, so everybody yeah. spoiled the ending already for me. No, I'm so spray-brained. <laughs> it, it, it was hard to avoid, you know. It, the Mortal Kombat TV show? What show? No, uh, Falcon and... Uh, sorry. Uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, thank you. Oh. Yeah, I haven't gotten to it yet either. Yeah, oh. I was planning on doing it this weekend, but uh, the second shot kind of took me in yesterday. Actually, I think it was more of me not taking it easy on Saturday. But yeah, anyway, that's a different story. Understandable, though, because, you know, there's like we said, there's a, a lot of stuff going on. Um, I think the uh, main takeaway from that was probably spoiled by the Internet and, and Marvel. Yep. And, so. But, but also, you probably knew that was going to happen, too, right? <laughs> so... I mean, anyone that's seen a comic book cover in the last five years. I, Sorry, I was the most <laughs> Let's put it this way. My my laptop's running out of battery. I'm like, why? It just wasn't plugged in. <laughs> it wasn't plugged uh -oh. in. So I, I cried only two times during that episode, so bring your hanky. Is there a way to say what two times without spoiling everything? No. I'll just turn my speakers down. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Here, I'll, I'll turn my speakers it, down. Just let me know. I, I wouldn't talk about it yet. It's still still too soon to, to, to believe that no one had to work this weekend and everyone's got to see it. So I'm not going to talk about what those things were. But I just, if you were to say something like statue, would that have anything to do with one of the emotional scenes? Hmm. <laughs> Not kind. for me. Okay. It's uh yeah, there's 
We can push it back. There's plenty of other stuff to talk about. Y'all can try to watch it in the next week, and and we'll talk about it. But uh, obviously, there was there was the announcement of, and we don't have to say even what the storyline would be because they don't even know. There is the announcement of off of the end of that, Captain America four will be coming to theaters. So I, I don't think that would is really a big surprise to anyone either, right? Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it. No. Those of us that have read the comic book will know exactly what's going on anyway. So, Yeah. Um, and even if you saw the end of Endgame, I mean, I think, you know, this was just sort of a precursor to the show, but kind of uh, an inevitability, you know, it, for the MCU. Uh, but I do. I, oh, go ahead. I do, Mark, want to talk to you about just one thing that was yeah. a, a comment made. I believe during the episode that just was so off the like matter of factly thrown in that I don't think anyone caught it. I think they're on mute. Or are you on mute? Okay. <laughs> what was it? They're muted. When they're talking about Steve and someone offhandly says, Isn't he on the moon? Yeah. That was like, wait a second. <laughs> well, that that was a that was a reference to like a sort of uh, <clears throat> an internet theory that was going around. Wait, it was referenced at the beginning of the show. Okay. So that, but whether or not they play into that, but uh, I watched some sort of like recap videos on the last episode. And they had a couple of times where it was like jokingly said uh, within that first scene. But it was like a conspiracy theory type, you know, deal. Like, you know. I'm going to go back and first one. Yeah. So. But, okay, we're done. <laughs> you can unmute. All right. Um, so the uh, past that, let's see. Miss Jen, um, you like going to the movies. Do you like going to the movies enough to see all the Fast and Furious once a week until the new one comes out? I mean, okay, so I'm late to the Fast and Furious movie franchise. I think I've seen the last couple, but I didn't see any of the early ones. So, yeah, I'd like to go back and watch them on the big screen where they're probably cooler. Yeah, I've also watched the Tokyo Drift, so I've missed, what, eight other ones so far? Yeah. So Universal is doing something kind of cool. Not that I would partake. I, I don't think I could. I could handle well, what nine of them or how many ever there are. But they're doing uh, Fast Fridays starting this Friday, April thirtieth. Uh, free screenings of every of every Fast and the Furious, starting with one this week, and then every Friday the next one for free. I could subject myself to it. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's free. If you if you go to fastfridayscreenings.com, you can claim your tickets and all the infos there. And it's it's in like they said I think like five hundred theaters across the U.S. So you know this would be interesting to see um, because you know we we count how well a movie does by the dollar it makes, but not by ticket sales. Yeah. I like to see how this does based on ticket sales itself. Um, will it outperform the other movies? Um, you know, that'd be very interesting to see because 
if you think about it, that's more of a realistic number than the dollar amount the movie actually brings in. Mm-hmm. And you you also wonder about what the compensation to the theaters is going to be, or more so the cost of bringing those, because um, I think most people will go to a free movie rather than pay for a movie. So let's say, for example, if a Cinemark had eight screens and they put it in all eight, you might be able to sell that out on a Friday, even yeah. now, because people are going back to the movie. And I think that's what the theaters are looking for. Is they're looking for the people to walk through the door because we all know they made their money on their concessions more than they do on the tickets. So mm. that's what the theaters are looking for. They'd be happy to do, especially right now, to get the free walking traffic. Yeah, to get people back into the habit. Yep. All right, I'm back out. The closest the closest theater doing it doing this to me is an hour away, and I'm not driving in two hours to see the Fast and the Furious. But you can like drift most of the way there. Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Fast and the Forgettable. Oh no! And I, I will say this: I was in until Paul Walker passed away. Well. The post-Paul Walker movies have just done nothing but sour me on the whole franchise. Including the last one where it's, hey, let's get all of The Rock's family a SAG card. I love that part. (laughs) So, did I ever tell you guys Paul Walker passed away like two to three hundred yards away from my office? What? Yep. Yeah, I remember driving back, uh, it was uh, Monday, where I was going to the office and the entire road was blocked. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And of course, we find out that's, yeah, that's where he had passed away. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I drive that road every day, the same road that he drove, I drive it every single day. And I can, you know, I can see why 100 miles per hour, because I'm usually driving it, Speeding, I'm usually driving at 50, 60 miles, and I'm like, man, if they were doing 100 on there, I can see how that happened. Yeah. Which, I'm, I'm trying to remember, what was the first one after his death? Was it, was it four? Five or six. Okay. Is that yeah. Well, it's, it's become one of these, you know, unstoppable juggernauts in the box office. So not only will it be interesting to see how many people are dedicated enough to do this every Friday for nine weeks, but then when the movie finally comes out and you can still stream it, you know, if you have HBO Max for free, uh, then it'll be really interesting to see what the box office is like for that when that happens. Yeah. You can't argue with the success of it, but like I said, for me, it was... The pre, the first four, which were pre, which all had Paul Walker, were really strong, and I really enjoyed them. And then afterwards, it's just like, no. It turned into the days of our cars, you know, it's a soap opera. (laughs) I mean, I think it was probably always that, but... um... Sure. You know, Paul Walker and, you know... uh, Vin Diesel had great chemistry. And then in the second one, it was Paul Walker and and Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, 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 Tyrese. Oh, so I've seen two then. (laughs) You know, 
they, the, the first several were really good. And then it just kind of got iffy. But I still go see the stupid things. Yeah. I mean, they were being shaped <sighs> by a nuclear submarine in the last one, right? So, Right. I mean, it's like if they make a Die Hard, I'll go and see it. I'll hate myself for going to see it, but I'll <laughs> go and see it. Because once you've seen the first two. What's the point? You know, you got to see them all. No. Especially when they start changing the name to It's a Day to Die Hard. And, yeah. you know, Live Free or Die Hard. Or the Die Hard battery commercial. That was my favorite. So great. <laughs> it was probably actually, you know, one, two, and then the Die Hard commercial for it. <laughs> That's basically the ranking of, of the films, I would say. Um, so, yeah, Fast Fridays. Starts April thirtieth. Uh, Kyle will not be attending, but that's fine. I don't honestly think if I could walk to a theater, I would go see it. Well, but, are they showing it on Peacock as well in the same format? I know it has Peacock, right? No, I mean it would it's, be it would, AMC Theaters is doing it. It's, it's just AMC. Yes, if you go to that website, it's just AMC Theaters. Oh, okay. It's uh, how Cinemark does the Avengers thing, right? Like. It's a it's a single chain that partners. Yeah, I'm used to seeing like the crazy marathon, like you know the Harry Potter 24 hour marathon, or back when there weren't 19 Marvel movies, a 24 hour marathon. Now it would take you know <laughs> a few days. But, I did um, I did one of those Marvel marathons when Avengers came out. And it was Iron Man, the Thor. It was Iron Man, Hulk, Thor. Um, Iron Man to whatever. Like there, I was all of them. It was painful. Like sitting in a theater that long, like takes a toll on your body. Yeah. And this was in those days when at Cinemark movie theaters. You could buy a large popcorn and a large pop and get free refills for as many times as you wanted. So once you've eaten six pounds of popcorn and drank seven gallons of Coke Zero, like, you don't want to be in the movie theater anymore. <laughs> no. Because you have to drive to the hospital. That's when you get to Thor. <laughs> Did you even have to sit through Thor the Dark World? No, this was before Thor Dark World. Okay, well, there's... there's it was that's only the one Thor. Yeah. But those were all good, then. But yeah, yeah. great, except for Thor. And then, um... <laughs> which, the only problem is, is the, and this is the only reason I say Thor wasn't great in that viewing, is the first time I saw Thor, I saw it in IMAX. And there's something special about that movie in IMAX. You know... Yeah. So, like, nothing can live up to it after that. Right. Mm-hmm. But. So, I have a couple of things that are interesting to me. Yeah, let me let me do one more real quick okay. thing, because okay. I thought this was super cool. It has to do with theaters and people not being able to go to them. There was a uh, theater in Oregon. It's the uh, Portland's Clinton Street Theater. And they had a streak of Rocky Horror Picture Show every Friday night for 43 years going, right? So it was shut down 
for the last 54 weeks, one of their employees, Nathan Williams, wanted to keep the streak alive. And he's been going through the pandemic by himself, with maybe bring a friend every once in a while, through ice storms up there. And he kept this thing going for the last 54 weeks. That is awesome. Give, That's give that person the Congressional Medal of Freedom. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah, like if you've ever been to a Rocky Horror picture show, you know, Midnight Showing, you know how like important that is to people. And yeah, like I said, 40 plus years, he kept that alive. Uh, all right, Kyle, go ahead. Well, ironically, tied to that, I'm Eddie X in the shadow cast here in town for when they do those things. Really? Okay. So I dress up like Meatloaf and go out and sing the song and then can't talk for two days, but it's worth it. <laughs> so, no, uh, this, I was talking to Jen and Brainy about it. Christina Ricci is going to play Morticia Adams in an Adams Family spinoff show for Netflix. I think, like, best casting ever. Now, is this the Wednesday Adams show? Or is this a different one? Um, is there, is the there a different uh, Wednesday actor Christina Ricci will play Morticia on Tim Burton's upcoming Adams Family spinoff TV show for Netflix. Yes, that's the one that's going to center around Wednesday. I believe. Although it says that she is playing Morticia and not right. Wednesday. Right. I just, right. I just okay. wanted to make sure that was the same show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, she can't play Wednesday anymore. No. So getting Wednesday to play Morticia is perfect. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. And then in reading that article, I clicked on something and I just, I had to share it. Um, that Moira and Johnny from Schitt's Creek are this generation's Morticia and Gomez. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Great show. If you haven't, if you haven't seen that show, just binge that show. What a feel good show. I, I, I stopped after. Good show. Yeah. I stopped after season three, I believe. Oh, it lost me, and I just couldn't get back into it. Yeah, I, I think they took a break that was too long for me, and I just could not get back into it. Yeah, well, at least you tried. I mean, yeah, I, 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 enjoyed, I, I enjoyed the first three seasons. It, it just, I just could not get back into it afterwards. Yeah, it was one of those things. So, oh well, say la vie. But speaking of returning shows, Mete Quest, I. They just had a new episode, so I'm looking forward to that. I don't know if you guys have watched that yet. It's on Apple. What is it? Mythic Quest. It's on Apple. Oh, I just got my free year of Apple Apple TV because you know I bought the iPhone or whatever, so I get a free year of Apple TV. Yep. And uh, I started. I, I'm I'm waiting with bated breath to start Ted Lasso. Oh, you you gotta watch that. That and Mythic Quest. Those are the two shows you definitely gotta watch on that on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a, a yeah, there is a tearjerker moment in Ted Lasso, so be ready for that. Maybe not for you, Kyle. I don't know if you have emotions anymore. <laughs> I have two emotions: awake and asleep. <laughs> uh, Brainy, the thing about Mythic Quest, uh, the bottle episode ruined that show for me because the bottle episode was absolute television perfection, and I couldn't get past it. Because really. It it just dropped it after that, and I'm like, I cared way more about those two actors and that storyline 
like than I did the rest of the show. But I will say that kudos for them to having the courage to do a just completely out of the blue bottle episode midway through the first season. I mean, it was awesome, but I just wish like I want more of that. So <laughs> than the community bottle episode. It it was good. It was, I mean it was like it's up there for me. It's up there with the constant from Lost and Fly from Breaking Bad. I mean it's up there. It's good. All right. And International Assassin from The Leftovers. Oh, what a what a show! <laughs> what an episode of television, right there. I found a cool new show. I I think it's not actually new, right? It's new to me. Maybe all of you guys have already seen it. It's like an anthology show on Netflix called Love, Death, and Robots. That's crazy. That show is nuts. <laughs> oh, good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that show is a, a little bit out there. For sure. My favorite one so far, I mean, I'm only maybe eight in or something, but uh, is the one where they find the lost uh, society in their refrigerator. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of robots, if you guys have not watched it, I think it was Better Than You or Better Than Me on Netflix. That is a very interesting. Let me let me figure out. I think it was Better Than You. Um, Sorry, looking it up just to find out. Better than us. Yeah, it is in Russian, so you will have to watch it in uh, subtitles. But man, that was a very good show. Um, What's it about? Without spoiling it, it's a futuristic show uh, where they have uh, robots um, that basically obey. You know, they're they're designed to obey and do all the works and everything, uh, with the exception of one, and the story revolves around her. Where you know, it's an old it's an old story where you know, hey, uh, I'm a robot, but I'm you know the Johnny Five story basically. Hey, sure. I'm alive, I'm alive, and they they did a very good, cool concept behind it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a good. It kept my interest. I'm like, man, I, I I can't let this go. I was I was staying up at midnight at night just to keep it out. Keep watching it, so it's worth a while. Watch. I also watched a Stowaway, which is a very going into space sci-fi film where um, they take off to Mars and realize there's some stuff that goes wrong during the takeoff, but they can't really figure it out. There's some kind of an anomaly that's going on, but they make it into space and start their voyage, their two-year voyage to Mars. And all of a sudden realize that there's some, I guess, a guy who's been working on the the ship up to the last minute had fallen and injured himself and knocked himself out. And so he was inside the ship when they took off. So it creates this big problem for them in that they don't have enough food or now oxygen because it also broke something in the ship that they need to process and buffer their air. It's this whole idea like one man's got to die. You gotta watch that. It's called Stowaway. There's an yes, I, I, I it's on my list. There's an anthology series on HBO uh, uh, called Generation Hustle 
that will make you hate people my age. Um, but I think it's a really great look at fame culture and um, young entrepreneurship, uh, especially in this kind of gig economy type world that we live in. So it's a it's an interesting look, but again, it'll make you feel really bad about the future. So like entire society about uh, making content for your personal page and stuff. I went to walk around the outside mall on, I don't know, Saturday, I think during my lunch break. And there was, I don't, can't even tell you how many people there were. There was like one, you know, two people, one person with a camera or a phone camera and one without, they were just like lining up in front of cool Insta opportunities. (laughs) I went to dinner Friday night and we sat on the patio at this restaurant that overlooks downtown Toledo and played do it for the gram. And it was when people went to walk out the patio, were they going to stop and take a picture with the sun setting behind downtown Toledo for the Insta? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a and then, but I had one of the greatest moments, like most joy, um, there must have been someone having a prom or something Friday night because there are a bunch of well-dressed teenagers there. And they go out to, like, take a big group photo. And next door to the place I was eating is a Hamburger Mary's, which I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of Hamburger Mary's. But the there are many drag performers there. They perform in drag at this restaurant every night. Oh, man, and wonder- a bunch of drag queens come down and start photobombing these prom pictures. And the girls realize it. The guys seem upset. The girls realize it. And now, like, the drag queens are teaching the girls, like, how to walk in heels and, like, all this stuff. And I'm just um, – these two young kids are like, can I get a picture with the pretty – and they didn't know what to call. <laughs> and, you know, like – but they were so excited to take their pictures with these performers. It was so fun. See that being that feels like an experience you'll always be able to remember. It's not just like the mundane. We took some pictures and went home. I was like, "How are you gonna forget that in your life?" That's amazing. Right, right, right. The time that the drag queens, you know, uh, crashed your prom pics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact is, they have it. They have it on um, pictures. That you know, that's that's going to stay with them forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I try to tell people that I meet, you know, like I feel now like I'm old enough to be like the put the wisdom in the room kind of thing. It's like when you think back on your life uh, for those big important moments, like when you got engaged or when you had prom or got married or those things, you're never going to remember the things that went the way it was supposed to go. They just don't stick in your brain. The yep. stuff that went a little bit wrong or was really dumb, like the fact that my pastor called my husband to be the wrong name. <laughs> called it by his middle name which was hilarious so i bet my dad sitting in the front row going he's just like you were bringing together jennifer and david and my dad's going michael michael <laughs> thing, i will always remember that but if it all went off without a hitch I wouldn't remember a thing right <laughs>
I'm trying to think if I have any of those memories. <laughs> well, you're too old to remember them, Kyle. How old are you? You know, right, I'm mid-90s at this point. <laughs> anyway, uh, where else are we headed? Uh, the only other TV news I saw was that, uh, and Jen brought it up too, that they officially have cast Paper Girls. And to my eye, it's all completely unknowns. I don't recognize any of those faces. That, that's, that's a good move. I, I think that's a good move to go unknowns on that show. Um, because, it, 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 you know, assuming you guys have all read at least the first issue, it's a very interesting take. So it, it, it's better to have unknowns on that. Well, I mean, some of the some of them have good uh, 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 credits. Sure. But I don't think they're they were ever leads on those credits. Um, you know, which is good. Yeah, exactly. So they've got experience, but they're not that well known that were bless you. Uh, you. Or comparing them to their you know Oscar winning. Uh, shows or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the the one girl is listed as having been on Law & Order SVU, uh, but you look, she was on two episodes of Law & Order SVU. I know, I know random pizza delivery men in New York who have done more episodes of Law & Order SVU. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like, because they just walk through the scenes at this point. Um, so... Yeah, I think it's a good move to have relative unknowns, but maybe that have shown their chops and gotten on some bigger shows. Yep, agreed. There was some news that dropped sometime this afternoon. I don't even know if anyone picked it up. It was kind of like it went out there and I didn't hear any buzz. So maybe tomorrow people will figure it out. But uh, Scout announced that Once Our Land has officially been picked up and which, which, who's doing the development, that kind of stuff. Yep. For, for a long time, but the, this is they actually named the studio and that kind of stuff. And I think uh, they also announced that something is killing is in development as well. Of course, the thing we sure. none of the copy of. Yeah, I mean, we n- none of us expected that. And then, uh, Miss Jen, as you pointed out earlier, to uh, the John Wick spinoff, there was a little bit more information on that, the Continental TV series. Uh, it's going to be based around Winston, who's Ian McShane's character, but Ian McShane will not be playing Winston. So it's going to be way in the past prequel about his kind of rise to power and the mystery behind the Continental. He may still be involved as like, you know, voiceovers and uh, narration, stuff like that. Uh, and then in TV news, no one cares about Showtime released the Dexter teaser. Maybe someone cares, but like, I just thought like that gone and buried but it's back dexter a limited series that's what it's called and it's just a 10 second teaser and it's dexter michael c hall saying time to get back to nature my nature okay <laughs> i mean if it's good i'll watch it but i did anyone ask for this <laughs> maybe because of the popularity of true crime they're thinking people want to have real crime <laughs> maybe and I think Showtime's just trying to be relevant again. I, what was the last show they had that was actually a big hit? Dexter. 
<laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it comes out. Any dreadful for season one? Uh, I don't know. Was that Showtime? Was Penny Dreadful Showtime? I thought so. I thought that was AMC. I could be wrong. There. I thought Penny Dreadful was just Netflix. Well, now. Yeah. yeah. I didn't discover it until it was on Netflix. So You're too young to remember this, but there used to be a network that was rivaled HBO called Showtime. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. I have a finger I would like you to look at. <laughs> well, you were the one making jokes about not knowing, you know, being you're too too young to know what City Slickers. Right. Oh, <laughs> City Slickers. <laughs> you, you have to wonder whether Showtime and HBO can survive another 10 years. If you think about well, HBO since 18. HBO will, yeah. Yeah, because they've combined it with everything else. But I'm not sure, or what was it, Max as well? You know, Showtime, Max. Or Cinemax and HBO. I don't know how they're going to survive with all the streaming services just battling out uh, against each other. They're packaging them together now uh, when you buy cable. Well, they've always packaged them. I mean, that, that's, that's Well, no, it's like... Um, so, like, if we, were to, if we were to add them back onto our AT&T TV, um, we could get just the slices we want. So we get just HBO Kids. We get just HBO Signature. We get just, as opposed to having all of them, having to buy all of that. So basically, so, uh, we liked Action Max, the, the Cinemax, you know, the action movies. So that that we could get just that one, and that's how they're going to survive is by breaking up that kind of forced subscription model. Oh, don't worry. Mm -hmm. Also, just so you know, when City Slickers came out, I was three. Okay. That's fine. City Slickers was I, not made in the 1700s. <laughs> I am too young to be making City Slickers City Slickers references. No, not not for someone who's into popular culture or not. That's exactly. fair. Different. Uh, anything else? Any final words? I don't know. We got Berserker two finally tomorrow. So excited. With the the announcement of hidden variants, what? <laughs> I didn't order enough. Then, daggum. Wait, hidden, one in twenty. Did they, did they mention which cover has a hidden variants? The A. Oh, hold on. Let me click on the thing here. Hold on. Because uh... <laughs> we also have the problem of. People are going to want to come in for number two to go with their number one to get their foil cover with oh, a little yes. insert so they can get their sketch number one eighth print, which will be even more important now since they made that announcement. Daggummit. What? I should have ordered a billion of them. Why? Curse well, me. You ordered enough print for real? Is it up to eighth print? Yeah. That's something is killing a children's up to eighth print. And that's so, Berserker 2, covered by Raphael Grampa, will arrive in stores with a product on sale of April 28th with a surprise intermix of three covers that includes two 1 in 20 black and white surprise variants, one with the red stripe that's featured on the A cover, and one without. My poor staff. Featured <laughs> today's Diamond Daily. Yeah, that's 
Sorry, I was live all day. I didn't get to read that. Yeah, I was uh, actually doing stuff too today. Uh, I, I only read about it because people complained on the internet. Oh. Mm. Why, why are they complaining? It means we're going to sell it all. Uh, they're complaining because they didn't know. And they wish they would have ordered more copies. That's okay, the... wait a minute. Did like, Boom not say to us, you need to order a billion D copies of number two? Didn't they tell us that it was tied to something super important? Come on. The, the people who are complaining are kind of doing that. This is the best, worst problem to have. Mm-hmm. Like, we're super grateful for these copies, but we wish you would have just told us that you were going to do a secret cover. What then defeats the purpose of a secret cover? I mean, hey, hey, Brainy. The thing I know about comic book retailers is that if you give them a hundred dollars, they're gonna bitch at you that you didn't give it to them in twenties. Exactly, and it, you know it's frustrating to listen to some of these retailers nowadays, man. It's just stupid. God, is printing money for you. Say yeah. thank you. Right. It was, exactly. It was the I'm same like, thing. Okay. If I almost said to the one guy, if you want to send me all your copies of Berserker number two, I will sell them for you. Right. I, I can't believe they were complaining about Batman Fortnite, and you know, it, it was ridiculous. DC did everything they could to make sure you stocked enough of it as you could, without basically saying, "Hey, you know, this is going to be advertised everywhere else." I, I don't understand why people were complaining. And he, you know, what's their name? Uh, Boom said the same thing about Berserker too. Look, we're adding this book to it. Order enough. They made it returnable, so you had no excuse to not order enough. Um, yeah, I, I don't like the fact, and I agree with Jen. You know, I would, hey, now that there's a secret ring, I should order. I, I wish I had ordered more, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not here complaining that Boom didn't tell us. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. But I, I'm kind of glad that they did do this because that means it's going to have people walking through, more people walking through the door looking for those. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know that's. It's so tough for the publishers, right? Because they can believe in their hearts that a book is going to be the, the book that everyone needs, right? They, they can know, okay, we're going to do the first appearance of a something. And if they tell us all, you should buy a billion D of this book because that's the first appearance of something, but the rest of the world ends up not caring about the first appearance of this character, then we hate their guts. If yep. they tell us strongly enough that there's something that might be cool, and not say you need 20 billion of them, but we, you should order a couple more. Then we still get mad at them. They really cannot win. No. It, that, that is a problem with our industry. Not, you know, not, it has nothing to do with publishers. And I, look, look at the book industry. You know, they're, they're selling tons of uh, books that a lot of retailers don't, uh, comic book retailers don't carry. And, you know, that's, and that's what publishers are looking at. It's like, hey, how is that happening? And that's just the way our comic book industry model is. We are afraid to order a lot of books because we think we're going to be stuck with them. Even when you know, there's returnability that was offered a lot last year. And you know, it's just surprising the way we are so stuck on the traditional way of thinking, unfortunately. Some of us are, at least. Not all of us. I, I have my, my pick for uh, in the next six months, which one that's going to be printing money. It's a little book going to come out of Source Point called Good Boy. You think so? Yes. I think so. We're not partial or anything, but yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. But I mean, it's a spoof of John Wick, 
starring a dog and Dr. Christine Blanche has uh, her yes. in <laughs> Gun. Could it be any more better than that? No. no. We should have a store variant of that, Jen. Let's do it. Something crazy. I think uh, we have to work out the details on it, but that uh, a certain little television broadcast conglomerate is going to have their own variant of it. Lovely. I've been having conversations about it. Okay, good. But we got to, you know, maybe get that approved and pay for it somehow. Uh, I, have, I have cash. We, yeah. we, should, <laughs> we should do a cover where the dog gets the phone call about his human being um, kidnapped. Uh, the variant I'm working on is uh, Rolf from the Muppets. <laughs> okay. uh, doing the whole kind of, you know, wet hair John Wick pose. But rather than like, you know, that he's got a violin case, you know, so you know it's a Tommy gun, like Rolf from the Muppets. But uh, in comic book news, uh, two books to watch out for this week. Uh, just throwing this out against the wall. Uh, 20 Fists from Source Point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen got to talk to Frankie White today. Yeah. I didn't get to watch it because I was otherwise disposed, so I will watch it later. Uh, but I'm sure it was a great interview. I thought it was good. I also got to yeah. talk to Glenn because Shadow Man. Shadow Man. But the other one I want to put on everybody's radar is it's Paul Cornell written uh, moder- The Modern Frankenstein from Heavy Metal. Yeah. Discover the next thing in horror from award-winning writer and television and comics Paul Cornell, who wrote Doctor Who and Wolverine, and acclaimed artist-writer Emma Vaselli, who did Doctor Who and Life is Strange, along with color artist Pippa Boland and letterer Simon Boland. Uh, Elizabeth Cleave is a brilliant young medical student attracted to the whiplash charismatic surgeon James Frankenstein, uh, who wants to further medical science by all means necessary. So how far is Elizabeth prepared to go? A twisted horror romance that walks a fine line between attraction and fear. All the heavy metal stuff's been really good that they've been rolling out. I said this, I said this online the other day to somebody that behemoth comics and heavy metal are on absolute fire right now. Mm-hmm. They cannot miss. Same same thing can be said about Vault, Aftershock, and uh, Mad Mad Cave, Source Point, uh, Vault. I, I already said Vault, didn't I? Uh, but there, yep. There's about seven or eight publishers that are just you know releasing hit after hit. Uh, Black Mask is back with their you know Black Mask did really well a few years back before. Um, well, I guess I, I don't know if we can say the reason why they didn't produce for a while, but they're back with some good stuff as well. So that that's something to watch for. Um, you know, not not saying Marvel and DC and Image aren't putting up. Image is still putting out some good stuff as well. Uh, Sam with Boom and everything, but you know, I, I think the indies are doing a better job of uh, producing better books than the at least the big two are for the time being. And I think that. I think that just might be because the big two are so locked into their 10, 15 characters that they're only producing those books where and the indies have got, you know, an open market. They can produce whatever they want and it's going to be good. I, I will say this. 
that I just recently did an initial order and I just got through doing my monthly order for Scout. I will tell you my Scout order was half as much dollar-wise as my entire Diamond initial order. That's how my Scout's moving through. Um, yeah, I know my Scout numbers are up as well, but not like yours. Have we closed the show yet? My phone died. Oh, did uh, it? Oh, no. We can close yeah. it now. You want to read the words? Sure, I can read the words. Uh, Kyle left, so thanks to him. Thank you, Miss Jen. Thank you, Brainy. Um, I'm sure whatever you talked about the last five minutes was awesome, so I'll go back and read that. But it sounds like Scout Comics. Um, so thank you guys, and thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out their other shows on Woodlands Online, like Music Cafe, the Adventure Begins show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Between the Trees, Business Talk, and more. You can watch all these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KBQTHD21, over there on your television. All these shows and more on Roku right now. Search and add Woodlands Online TV to your lineup. You can listen to the podcast version of our show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you next time on Nerd News Now.